Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 6th of June. India reported 1,14,460 new coronavirus infections in the last 24 hours, while deaths rose by 2,677. Taking the total number of cases in the country to more than 2 crore 88 lakhs, and the total death toll to more than 3,46,700. With very few doses of COVID-19 vaccine left for people in the 18-45 to 45 age group in Bhubaneswar Municipal Corporation, the Odisha government has decided to divert the surplus co-vaccin doses from the 45-plus age group for the purpose. Till yesterday morning, Bhubaneswar had 2,440 doses of co-vaccin meant for people in the 18-45 to 45 age group while 4.58 lakh doses were left for people in the 45 years and above group. As COVID-19 cases continue to see a drop, several states have chosen to implement a phased unlocking process, while others have extended it for another week. Tamil Nadu, Himachal Pradesh and Goa governments yesterday extended COVID restrictions in their respective states till June 14th. The Maharashtra government has announced a plan to relax the lockdown, linked to weekly positivity rate and occupancy of oxygen beds. In Mumbai, restaurants, saloons and spas will operate at 50% occupancy till 4pm. Shops will have to be shut by 4pm as well. Local train services will be available only for passengers in medical and essential services. Maharashtra, meanwhile, is likely to cross the grim milestone of a total of 1 lakh COVID deaths on Sunday, with only 7 countries, including India, having recorded a higher number of deaths during the pandemic. For perspective, France has recorded 1.09 lakh deaths so far. According to Johns Hopkins University, COVID-19 has now infected over 172.8 million people and killed over 3.71 million in the world. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Saturday called for leaders of G7, a grouping of seven rich nations, to make a commitment to vaccinate the entire world against COVID-19 by the end of 2022, when they meet in Britain next week. Johnson will host the first in-person summit in almost two years of G7 leaders, which follows a meeting of the group's finance ministers which wrapped up earlier in the day, and said he would seek a pledge to hit the global vaccination goal. Our story of the week this time is Supreme Court's verdict on sedition case against Vinod Dua. We shall come back to it later in the episode. A day after the central government blocked its plans to launch doorstep delivery of rations in Delhi, Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal today asked the centre why it had stalled the scheme which he said would have benefited lakhs of poor people. Chief Minister Kejriwal said, and I quote, if pizza delivery can be allowed amid the COVID-19 pandemic, then why not ration? Unquote. Kejriwal added that it will help people hesitant to go to the stores to buy ration due to the coronavirus pandemic. The chief minister requested the centre to allow the delivery of rations to the Delhi residents. Addressing a digital press conference, Mr. Kejriwal also disputed the centre's claim that his government did not take permission for the implementation of the scheme. He said, and I quote, my government sought approval five times from the centre despite no such permission needed as per the law. Unquote. Yesterday, the Delhi government claimed it was prepared to launch the doorstep delivery of the ration within days and that Lieutenant Governor Anil Baijal returned the file on June 2nd, stating the scheme cannot be implemented. However, the centre said that the file was returned for reconsideration and described the allegation as baseless. Many Sikh organisations have planned programmes to celebrate the 37th anniversary of Operation Blue Star today. The Punjab government has tightened the security across the state, especially Amritsar, where Golden Temple is situated. The Amritsar police have said they will deploy more than 6,000 cops to keep a vigil across the city. Like every year, several Sikh organizations this year too had planned to reach Akal Takht to observe the anniversary. A program to mark the event has been organized by the Shirumani Gurudwara Parbanda Committee. 
posters of Jarnail Singh, Bhindran Wale and Khalistani flags were seen inside the Golden Temple. Operation Blue Star was a military action ordered by then Prime Minister Indira Gandhi against Sikh militants holed up in the Golden Temple. The operation carried out between June 1st and June 8th, 1984, left at least 400 people dead and the shrine damaged. Indira Gandhi was assassinated by her Sikh bodyguards a few months later, triggering a communal pogrom in which nearly 3,000 Sikhs were killed. A group of 93 former civil servants wrote to Prime Minister Narendra Modi yesterday, expressing deep concern over what they call disturbing developments in the union territory of Lakshadweep in the name of development. They urged the Prime Minister to ensure an appropriate development model in consultation with islanders with emphasis on access to safe and secure education and just governance. The letter read and I quote, We write to you today to register our deep concern over disturbing developments taking place in the pristine union territory of Lakshadweep in the name of development. Unquote. The 93 signatories have sought for the controversial decisions to be withdrawn and a full-time people-sensitive, responsive administrator be appointed even as some of the draft orders are pending approval before the union home ministry. These objections come days after several people, including those who belong to Lakshadweep, took to social media with several online campaigns. On May 23rd, Dweep Diaries reports were temporarily blocked by the Department of Telecommunications. Dweep Diary is the only news media platform in the union territory of Lakshadweep. The story in question was about a song that asked the people of Lakshadweep to unite and resist the current administration's anti-people policies. But this is yet another chapter in the disquiet that has been simmering in Lakshadweep since the beginning of this year. The anger stems from a slew of decisions taken by the Union Territory's new administrator, former BJP leader and Gujarat Home Minister Praful Khoda Patel. To know more, do read Diksha Munjal's report titled Free Press is a Casualty as Lakshadweep's BJP Administrator Rips Up the Rule Book. And if you have any questions and concerns about these legal changes and how it would affect the islanders, do watch Meghnad's explainer under the category NL Cheat Sheet on newslaundry.com. Veteran actor Dilip Kumar was admitted to Hinduja Hospital in Mumbai after he complained of breathlessness today morning. The superstar has been suffering from age-related health issues in recent years. The 98-year-old actor was admitted to the same hospital last month for a regular health checkup and was released after two days. Last year, his brothers Ehsan Khan, 90, and Aslam Khan, 88, passed away at Mumbai's Leelawati Hospital after testing positive for COVID-19. Now the story of the week. The Supreme Court on Thursday quashed the sedition charges brought against journalist Vinod Dua for criticizing Prime Minister Narendra Modi and his administration. The case against Dua was registered in May last year in Himachal Pradesh's Shimla. The journalist was charged with making statements against the Modi government's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly the nationwide lockdown that forced thousands of migrant workers to walk back to their home states, often on foot for thousands of kilometers. In addition, BJP leader Ajay Shyam had filed a complaint against Dua. accusing him of spreading rumors and misinformation about communal violence in delhi in february 2020 through his youtube show the journalist was charged under sections 124a that is sedition section 268 that is public nuisance section 501 printing matter known to be defamatory and section 505 that is statements conducive to public mischief according to bar and bench a bench of justices uu lalit and vineet saran said and i quote we have quashed the proceedings in fir Every journalist will be entitled to the protection under Kedarnath Singh sedition judgment. Unquote. The six-decade-old judgment had declared that Section 124A of the Indian Penal Code, the colonial-era law on sedition, was constitutionally valid. However, it clarified that dissent is not sedition. 
In August, Dua had told the Supreme Court that criticism of the government was not in itself seditious unless it instigated violence. He had then said and I quote, Moreover, if I criticize the Prime Minister, that does not come under criticism of the government, unquote. Dua had approached the Supreme Court after the Himachal Pradesh police went to his residence on June 12th last year and ordered him to be present at the remote Kumar Sen police station, at least a 20-hour drive from Delhi, the very next day at 10 a.m. The Supreme Court had urgently convened a virtual hearing on June 14, 2020 and granted him protection from arrest till July 6th. The next day, the court extended his protection till July 15th. The police action against Dua was widely criticized by journalists. Kedarnath's judgment dates back to 1953, when Kedarnath Singh, a member of the Forward Communist Party in Bihar, approached the Supreme Court against a Bihar High Court judgment that had upheld his conviction under Section 124A, that is sedition, and 505B, that is public mischief, of the IPC. He was sentenced to one year in prison. Singh was accused of using offensive terms against the officers of CID and the ruling Indian National Congress by terming them as dogs and gundas, meaning thugs. Singh's contention was that Section 124A was inconsistent and the right to free speech and expression enshrined in Article 19.1A of the Constitution. In 1962, the Constitution bench rejected Singh's contentions and upheld the validity of Section 124A IPC, noting that it fell within the contours of being a reasonable restriction on free speech under Article 19.2. Such a restriction on free speech was necessary for promoting and ensuring the safety and integrity of the country, it held. However, while dealing with Singh's statement, the court found it was not seditious and discharged him in the case. It pointed out the explanations appended to the main body of the provision of sedition to hold that criticism of public measures or comment on government action, however strongly worded, would be within reasonable limits and would be consistent with the fundamental right of freedom of speech and expression. The Kedarnath judgment therefore became a landmark verdict on sedition and free speech. While in the past, Many courts have cited the Kedarnath verdict to give relief to those facing sedition charges. There has still been a steady rise in sedition cases in India. Last week, a two-judge bench led by Justice D.Y. Chandrachud noticed this growing trend of misuse of the law and decided to examine its interpretation in the context of media's right to free speech. This move came a month after Supreme Court issued notice on a petition challenging Section 124A's constitutional validity. Guha Thakurta had been slapped with defamation suit by the Adani Group for an article he wrote in Economic and Political Weekly in 2017, alleging that the Adani Group had benefited to the tune of Rs 500 crore because the Modi government had altered special economic zone rules. He had co-written another article on the Adani Group, which raised questions about the group evading taxes of up to Rs 1,000 crore. On 19th January, a court in Kutch, Gujarat, issued an arrest warrant for journalist and author Paranjoy Guha Thakurta in a defamation suit filed by the Adani Group. The case that lay dormant since 2017 has suddenly found a new life in 2021 and the question everyone is asking, why now? We also cannot forget the continuing incarceration of the young stand-up comic Munawar Faruqi, picked up by the Indore police on January 1st for allegedly hurting religious sentiments. These two cases, especially that of Faruqi, should have set off alarm bells in this country amongst people who believe that the right to freedom of expression is central to our democratic values. Do read Kalpana Sharma's report titled Freedom of Speech in India is Slipping Down a Slippery Slope. Check out the report on our website. And while you're there, tune into the latest episode of NL Hafta, where they discuss Vinod Dua's sedition case, castist comedy, Naomi Osaka Ro, and a lot more. You can only listen to the podcast if you're a subscriber. 
At News Laundry, we are able to bring you ground reports, videos, podcasts and interviews with the help of our subscribers who fund it. We don't depend on governments or corporations as we are an independent news platform. So if you want a subscriber already, now's the time to click the red button on the top right corner of the website newslaundry.com. Lowest subscription starts at just rupees 300 a month only. Gunmen have killed at least 132 people in Burkina Faso's volatile north, the government said. As the United Nations chief condemned the heinous attack and called on countries to step up the fight against violent extremism. The attackers struck during the night on Friday, killing residents of the village of Solhan in Yaga province bordering Niger. They also burned homes and the market. The United Nations expressed its full support to the authorities in their efforts to overcome the threats to the peace, stability and unity of the country. The victims included seven children. Another 40 residents were also wounded. No group has claimed responsibility so far. The overnight assault was the deadliest recorded in years in Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso has declared 72 hours of mourning in the country. In another attack on Friday night, 14 people were reported to have been killed in the village of Tadaryat, about 150 kilometers to the north of Solhan. Last month, 30 people died in an attack in the east of Burkina Faso. The country is facing a deepening security crisis, like many of its neighbors, as armed groups carry out raids and kidnappings across much of the region. Since 2015, the West African country has struggled to fight back against increasingly frequent and deadly attacks from groups linked to Al-Qaeda and most recently to ISIS. The attacks first started in the north near the Mali border but have since spread to the other regions, particularly in the east, causing one of the world's most acute humanitarian crises. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 